1: Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.
0: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This summer, when you're on the go, stay connected to what matters most with access to over 3 million Cox Wi-Fi hotspots. Learn more at Cox.com. It's fight
2: fighting Cock It's Fight fighting
3: It's to fighting Cock shut No. Hello
2: and welcome to the Fighting Cock podcast. I'm Flav. I'm joined today by Zoc.
3: Hello, my son.
2: And Martin Cloak. Hello, there. Nice and, to be back. And this is a very, very special uh, summer podcast. We've done one with a young lady called Priya Ramesh. Uh, She she wrote an amazing article on our new signing, Vincent Janssen. You can still find that, you can download it on iTunes and all the usual places. But this one is about uh, Memory Lane, the documentary that the Fighting Cock in partnership with um, Memory Lane... Pictures. Pictures, Pictures. (laughs) (laughs) produced to honour and pay homage to our amazing, amazing stadium, which is currently in the process of being knocked down, unfortunately. But before we get into that... Um, The Fighting Cock, we're on a bit of a fundraiser because we've got no money and we're going into the new season and obviously it costs us something. And as ever, we're not just going to ask people to give us their money. We're going to produce something and in return, uh, if you think it's worthy of your money, then then you can buy this, what what we've produced. Um, Essentially, it's five limited edition t-shirts of iconic iconic moments in Spurs' history. They've been designed in an 8-bit pixel style uh, and we think they're quality um, there will only be 25 versions of each design, and the artwork will never ever be reused. You can find them at thefightincop.co.uk forward slash t shirts. So go and have a look if it's your taste. Then. What, what then?
4: designs what design are they?
2: Uh, well, we use Gaza, okay. Gaza celebration uh, after the free kick against Arsenal. Get my suit measured. That's dire it. Dyer looking down on a crumpled um, hazard at Chelsea. Uh, there's also one Dyer looking down on uh, a forlorn Giroud, which I print is an image that sums up the difference between our two football clubs. Um, there's one of Klingsman's dive, and uh, there's another one.
3: But uh, it's yeah. the first time I came on the podcast, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> this would be after yeah, season
3: twenty-five of sixth season. This is the fight. How Don't much win, are they? Yeah.
4: I'm sure they're reasonably priced.
2: Um, I think they're eighteen pounds each. Oh. Very reasonable. That I is think. reasonable. Anyway, let's move on to the point, the matter at hand. Um, the memory lane documentary. We're going to be talking about that. And uh, as again, uh, the, the White Hart Lane.
4: White Hot Lane at the moment. Yeah. Given the temperatures Bloody outside. Bloody boiling.
2: Yeah. And uh, the new stadium now, we feel about that. We've got questions from people. Um, they sent in lots and lots of questions. We're going to use a few of those at the end. Anyway, so let, let's start with a documentary, Zoc. Yes. Um if you want to actually have a look at it now and you haven't seen the film, some have, but we've raised a fair amount of ch- money for, for yeah, the, exposure. Very well, the exposure charity. But you can see it on our pin tweet on Twitter. If you Google The Fighting Cock and Memory Lane, it's the first thing on Google. You can
4: watch the trailer for free, which is all very nice as well. Tear-jerking stuff from yeah, Nicky Hazard.
2: Absolutely. So anyway, how did, how did we... Firstly, Martin was on it. Which is why you're here, mine. <laughs> <laughs> Martin was on it. He was one of the interviewees. We also interviewed
4: Mickey uh, Hazard, Mickey Hazard, uh, Adam Powley, Crikey Crackers, both, Krakash. yes, Krakash, yes, yeah. Morris Keston, uh-huh. and a lady called Val Crosby, who's a local historian who's got lots of knowledge about Tottenham, the area as well as, well as the club. Okay, so wh- where, where did this
2: where did this idea come from? Why? How long ago actually? Because I remember the discussions we had. I would say
4: three years ago. Yeah,
2: three years ago. When when it was kind of clear that...
4: Absolutely. So the decision had been made uh, that they were staying, first Mm -hmm. of all, so that they were still going to be Tottenham Hotspur in Tottenham. And uh, I suppose it was uh, just a feeling that someone ought to do this. Someone actually ought to chart the history of the place before the, the, the current stadium gets knocked down. And then I suppose I was thinking, well, if we don't do it, then who will? Because there's no guarantee that uh, people are actually going to be interested in buying the thing. Hmm. I mean, it's ended up being an hour long. So a huge amount of effort went into it. So I suppose it was really a, a passion project. Uh, uh, felt Both of us I suppose, felt it was something worth doing. Yeah. Um, but actually, whether or not we actually managed to raise any money for the charity exposure we, we, we were both working for at the time... Um, was almost uh, uh, academic, really. It just needed to be done because someone had to do it. So that's really how it kind of came about. I mean, do you remember anything beyond that?
2: I I just remember, thinking back through its production, just the hours and hours (laughs) and hours hours of work that went into it. I I would say at least two months' (sighs) worth of solid work back-to-back. It was just ridiculous. We had no idea how much work was going to go into no. it, and if we had...
4: We would probably not have started it. Absolutely. I wouldn't, no, absolutely
2: wouldn't have done it. No. It was that hard. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It was
4: a- I think the, I mean, the thing as well, I think the thing that, that kind of um, encouraged me to do this, uh, to pay homage to the place and obviously the club at the place, was the fact that the club, by uh, hook or by crook, was staying yeah, yeah. We can argue about the reasons why they uh, they they were uh, encouraged to stay rather than. Well, that's something that goes off, can go to into sh- in the film. Yeah, yeah, uh, um, but um, it, it was a quite, kind of I suppose an attempt really to try and bring the club, the fans in the area back together again after after obviously all that controversy about the fact that they could be moving. A lot of fans were very very upset about the prospect as well as the local area and the businesses that lived there. So I suppose it was our attempt to bring um, everyone back together again. And I think the other thing is is to remind, remind everybody and remind the club maybe about its origins. Its origins are in that area, in that place. They kind of grew out of that place and they existed. They, 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 they were founded to help young people, to help local youngsters essentially stay out of trouble. Yeah. which is what exposure
3: does. I think you mentioned the controversy there, though. That I think that, that's interesting because, I don't know, maybe I was in a minority, I probably was in the end, but when they first announced the plans to go to Stratford, I thought, well, I don't like this idea at all, but I think I'm probably going to be a minority because I'm going to be one of these people who's harking back to what football used to be like, traditions and culture, yeah. you know, all kind of my general views as well. And I thought most people are going to go, you know what, it's a modern world, it makes sense, we've got to move out there. And I was really pleasantly surprised by the amount of opposition there was across every age range, across every sort of supporter, and they, their whole thing was. And the club's now got this as well, and you can say, you know, maybe in 10 years, some people look back and go, it's another example of where football took something that was ours and tried to sell it back to us. But the club are making a thing of that, or we're talking what's from Tottenham. So like you just said, and this idea, which comes through in a film so many times, not only about it being the local boys, uh, that, you know, the, the former club, and it was an expression of local pride. But the fact that every time Tottenham Hotspur have played a football match, it's been within a few hundred yards of where those boys met under the lamp post in Tottenham High Road as well. No. And that's something Church. that we, we really identify with. So people talked last season about, you know, the, again, the market in a THFC together and the fact that the team was good. But over the last couple of years, there's been that reconnection with the players. And I think that, you know, it kind of came out of a couple of years when after all that controversy over Stratford... And you know, there's still stories. You know, did the club really want to go there or not? And I think there will will be arguments until Daniel Levy wants to write his life story, (laughs) won't there? About what happened there. But we got something good out of that, didn't we? We can always
4: rewrite history and sort of put a positive spin on it. And I suppose we chose to do that in some ways. I mean, I think uh, we draw parallels with the youth back in the day when Mm. the place was first established, where they were having fights on the uh, on the marshes over the best best pitches, which you described in the film. And also all the way up to modern times when there was mm. a, 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 the, the writing in Tottenham in, in two thousand eleven, which I believed was a pivotal moment in the history of Tottenham mm. and the club as in after after what happened there, I think um, I think as, as we say in the film, it really focused minds got everyone thinking got yeah. the club thinking about what its role was got the got the government thinking about what what role they needed to play in actually helping this area. Mm come out of the doldrums and, and the upshot is, is they're staying. They're staying at the lane. Fingers crossed they'll carry on calling it the lane.
2: Uh, yeah, well we'll come on to that yeah. but we, we, I think one of the things I, I, why I wanted to, to be, be a part of this and, and, and produce this documentary was because the club may do something similar but they won't be able to do it in the same way because, I mean they are fans. I'm sure many of the people that work in the club are supporters of the club but not in the same way that that we are, perhaps. Mm. Um, and, and I think it's important to get the fans' perspective on such an important and, and monumental change in our club because we're though although we're staying on the same premises, which is an amazing thing. You know, if you, if you have to build a new stadium, you want it built on the exact same spot. It's yeah. like hallowed ground, isn't it? Um,
4: well, interestingly enough, because they're moving slightly f- closer to Northumberland Park, they're actually going closer to the... The second, yeah. the yeah. second ground essentially. Yeah, they started off in the marshes, and then moved closer to the high road on Northumberland Park. Moved to Whitehall Lane, and they moving, shifting slightly closer yeah. to the second.
2: And it, home. it reaffirms the fact that we are a proper football club, as opposed to Arsenal Wild, which is, no. as, as we say in the film, uh, mindlessly. What was it? Stomping yeah. from uh,
4: <laughs> one solar stomping ground yeah, to the, the next. The original yeah. franchise. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so it was a homage to um, the old stadium and everything we've gone through and all the, thing, the experiences we've had there, both good and bad, but it was also about raising money for, for charity as well because let's just let's put this on record, the fighting cock haven't earned a penny out of this. That's true, isn't it?
4: You've earned a beer that I just bought you. Well,
2: oh, yeah, we've had a couple of steth- <laughs> uh, But it, it, it was never about raising money for, for the fighting cock. It was never about earning any money. It was about, by the, by the same principles of which the club was built in, in terms of helping local young people... Absolutely. producing this documentary was also about helping local, local, local young people. people so why don't just for, for a minute as I explain sure, what I this money has gone to. Sure I too much
4: time on it. Exposure we're a young people's charity based in we're well, based in Muzzle Hill in, in Haringey so we're in North London um, and it exists to give young people um, uh, skills and confidence to help them in, improve their employment prospects by giving them a platform to express themselves and one of our um, most illustrious uh, uh, people that have come out of the system is your good self, illustrious. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, are <laughs> international, yeah, <laughs> <lust, but>, um, <laughs> international media celebrity now.
2: Well, yeah. So well. <laughs> um, Yeah. So I mean, I, I benefited massively from from exposure, and, and it, in a way, although I worked there for many years, this was a, a, a nice way to say goodbye because I've obviously moved on to a new job recently. Um, so yeah. So it's an amazing thing. and to, to see this, this film, you, ha- you have to make... Well, you don't have to, but... Yeah, you have to make a donation to, to the charity, albeit it could be £5, or if you're very wealthy, more than that. Um, but, yeah, so it, it, it's, it's it's a case of... You know, you're getting something in return in the same way that we just talked about the T-shirts, but it, it's a great little film. A really... A really I, I, for a long time, actually, have got to be honest, going through it, I was unsure. I, 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 was, yeah. <laughs> I was unsure. Is this any good? <laughs> We were so close to it, we spent so many hours looking and sitting in that editing suite yeah. uh, that we didn't know if it was any it, good.
3: It, it, it really is, I mean, you know, part of the bits obviously that I mean, but it, it really is very, very well put together, this film. You know, if you haven't seen it, then you've got to go and see it. It's interesting what you said about the charity as well, because I, I grew up in Musoleum quite a long time ago. and There's another tradition there, because the, at the time when I was there, there was a couple of local drama people involved in a project which ended up being a chicken shed theatre. Which was one of the original things which got a lot of young people in North London involved in performing arts and pushing themselves as well. So there's another tradition that's moving through there. But a lot of that, again, is is talked about in the film and, and, you know, sort of the the people from Bruce Castle Museum talk about that, people like Julie Walsh, who knows the history, and and Adam Powley, who who I did a joint interview with as well. We've all done a lot of research over the years into where the club came from and what his identity was. Uh, And it's difficult to remember sometimes that because... London being what it is, it's not like you know Newcastle's got one football club, Leeds has got one football club. You know, Liverpool's got a couple, but London is so big, and there are all these different football clubs. You know where's the identity? And there's always been very much a sense of place and identity uh, about Spurs. They were the team of the suburbs. They were the team of the south against the industrial north. The team of the amateur game against the professional game. So all of those things roll into it. And there's some really really nice footage as well as some really good interviews from people who, who get it and the number of people that get it about this club and this ground. Of course Absolutely. most fans will say that but we're still going to say I think there is something a little bit special.
4: Do you know there's a mythology there's a mythology associated I'm sure with every every football club as there has to be you have to buy into something in order to give so much of your time and energy to it. And looking back over the history of the club as we did during our research and speaking to knowledgeable people <coughs> uh, through through the interviews you do discover that there is something very very special very very special about the club. And uh, we wanted to kind of give, you know, explain to explain to people exactly what that was to, to, to almost instill a sense of patriotism in the best right. way, patriotism towards this place, this club, um, the customs, the values, the, the rituals that the, that the fans go through. So um, I hope that the, the film does that. And, you know, bef- before doing the research, sometimes you'd think, why? Where is all this passion come from? Where do some of these things come from? And doing the research and making the film, you actually realise.
3: Yeah, and I think it's important well. to say as well that I mean that that all, all of that is there, but also you know sometimes, and we're all guilty of this, we we kind of make too much of football, and it, it's an entertainment in the end. And what does come through in this film as well is the fact that people had a bloody good laugh, they really enjoyed themselves, they let themselves go, it's an escape football as well isn't it, and it's yeah. something I know that you know, you've talked about with, with work that, that you've done with your previous job as well, but somewhere to go and let off steam, somewhere to have some space and be yourself, And Absolutely, so yeah. you can kind of, you know, we all try and inject a lot of meaning into the whole thing and make it very serious, but actually we've had some bloody good times at that ground even in our time and that comes back through the film some of the footage you've got in there as well and there's a lot of really good use of still photography in the film and you can see people enjoying watching an entertainment spectacle and again we've been lucky as a club we've been pioneers you know you you kind of go back through the years at the different things that that the club's done and you, you watch that film and you think it must have been great to watch that and that is the thing that we will lose even if we're just moving a little bit because now you know, you, you stand in the East Stand at White Hart Lane and even though it's very different to what it was like in the 60s or the 50s or whatever, you just think like, this is where they watched that team win the double form this is where they watched Arthur Rose team win the first league title in the club's history in 1951 uh, and that's important as well and I think you know, again, it, it, it comes through in terms of what people yeah, give yeah. it's why fans of other clubs and why the journalists have said over the last 10 years you regularly get that like, White Hart Lane is still one of the best grounds for passion in the country as well you know, John Cross at the Mirror, who's an Arsenal fan, he was unashamed about it, but he just says that you, you can't beat the atmosphere at Whitehall Lane when it's really on song yeah. as well. So well, we the, should be proud of that.
4: Uh, Nicky Hazard was saying about, I mean, he, he spoke so eloquently and so passionately. You can't hear, when you hear his voice, you just want to cry, you know, because he's so <laughs> emotional. <laughs> okay. Crackers as well, you know, the history. Every time uh, you've been there, every time you go there, you're reminded of the previous times that you've been there in the past with your father and your grandfathers <laughs> and your uncles and. And, and then people who are no longer with us, who, you, who you're reminded of every time you go through. And Mickey was talking about, you know, people who've been um, had their ashes spread there, mm. uh, including Bill Nick, who's had their ashes ashes spread on the ground. So it means so much. I'm, I'm welling up now. Yeah,
2: there's. Uh, <laughs> if, if nothing else, it, it it reaffirms what you already know about about your football club. And for those that are new to it, you know, some of our friends abroad in in America, especially if they if they really want to understand. The the history of Spurs and why we love our, our football club as much as we do, it's all in this film. So um, yeah, if you can, if you if you find an hour you've got spare, then then, then watch it because um, yeah, it's just it's just I'm not afraid to say or ashamed to say or or, or that, that it's a brilliant piece of work. In it now, you know, <laughs> now, and now I can look back on it. And I'm yeah. really proud of it.
4: We had a lot of problems making it though. I mean. Um one of the issues that we faced was uh, the copyright issue because mm. you, you want to make a film about a historic place and a, 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 obviously a club with a long, long tradition. There's so much f- um, archive photographs and footage, you know, including mm. stuff that would, would have been broadcast on the BBC, Pathé News before... None of which we were able to use because mm. the cost would have just been astronomical.
2: We only realised this after we'd done the complete first draft. Yeah. The first yeah. cut, yeah. We'd, we'd, we'd done it all. Yeah. <laughs> we looked at it, and then there was this slow realisation. <laughs> then, then moments of denial. Yeah. <laughs> then, how can we bodge this? Up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we'll, we'll put it out. Maybe it'll just be OK. But ultimately, you have to do things the right way. It's p- yeah. All of these photos belong to someone. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Most of them belong to Getty, yes. who, in my opinion... Yeah make life very difficult because they charge so much mm. um, but you know well, that is what it is um, but yeah, yeah we we, we, <laughs> we sat there and thought Uh-oh. we've got to start again yeah. <laughs> we have to we had the structure there which yeah. is helpful we yeah. had a conversation with you, yeah. Martin. Do you remember yeah, running yeah, you up? Yeah, and yeah.
3: It's the hardest thing because I mean, the books that we've done over the years as well. You kind of go into it. I mean, again, you know, I'm a journalist, I work in a business, and there's a whole debate about you know paid for content and all the rest of it. So uh, you know, there's there's a complicated debate there. Let's say, but it's something that people think that because stuff is out there, uh, it, it is available, and it's tripped you up so many times, and it's annoying because before, you know, the proper football obviously was invented in, in 1992 with the Premier League and everything like that, before then, the clubs didn't really hang on to any of this stuff. You know, even even the Spurs, they didn't have a museum up there, and when we were doing the Opus years ago, there was a load of material, like really good material, just discovered in a storeroom, getting a bit damp as well, mm-hmm. they, they didn't, and you know, when Irving Scholar was at the club, he thought, well, you know, history is yesterday's stuff, you can't really make any money out of it, so what do we need to hold on to that for? And suddenly now, they've discovered that there's a value to all this stuff as well, so it makes it doubly annoying when you just think, well, we always knew what the value of it was and now you're trying to charge us for all this stuff that kind of sat around for years. Uh, We
4: did actually approach the club, uh, if you remember Gary, early on and actually said, can we have a meeting to discuss what Mm. we're trying to do? They wouldn't, they refused they wouldn't even countenance a meeting Mm. with us we didn't want any money, all we wanted is their blessing and perhaps access Mm. to some of their historic archives but that didn't come, that didn't come off Mm. so eventually we obviously went to Bruce Bruce Castle which is the museum in the area, just a stone's throw away from Mm. From the ground itself, and they've got um, loads and loads of old archive photos. And Gary and I, sorry, Flav and I, mm. went there for um, a number of days, didn't we? We were just trawling through loads and loads and loads of. That was old
2: the best bit of that, producing it. Just finding all these amazing, oh, amazing, yeah. amazing. Yeah. Art that, it's brilliant, and you can lose yourself for days, can't you? Yeah. As well, you know. Yeah. One, one more thing on the film before we move on to what you know, discussing the issues of the stadium and, and um, the good things and the bad things about moving um, is. I've completely forgotten. It just dropped out of my head. Um completely forgotten. Thank yous. No. None. Don't have to thank anyone. No, it? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, <laughs> it'll probably come back to me. Anyway, yeah, let's let's um, let, let, let's talk about White Art Lane as it as it is now. It's one of the questions we asked in the film is is can you put your affection for the stadium into words? You know, how how do you explain how you feel about what is essentially mortar and concrete?
3: I think it's defined probably too much in my life. I've spent far too many, time, far too many hours there. I've invested too much emotion in it, um, and I don't regret a single second of it, apart from maybe a few seconds under Alan Sugar and Jerry Francis in the early 2000s, but we won't go into that.
4: Uh, do you know what? For me, I have to say that there's obviously been a lot of construction work over the last 15, 20-odd years, and in a way, every time they change it, including when they, when they rebuilt the, the West End... It kind of lost some of its magic, and yeah. slowly, slowly, and then obviously when the, mm. the shelf proper was mm. dismantled again. So, although obviously the place where it is is still magical, and that walk to the to the ground, etc., etc., that's all still magical. The actual ground itself mm. ceased to be the White Hart Lane that I remember as a child, and that was like that for decades mm. and decades. So, so but it would be a death trap if it was still yeah. like that. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> well,
3: maybe, yeah. but like, you see, we, we were talking about this on the way in, weren't we? And uh, actually, I, I suppose I was a bit, I kind of undersold it a bit there because I, I, I learned to grow up, I learned to be a, a man at that ground. And that sounds like a bit overbearing but n- nobody in my family was ever into football. And I was brought up by my mum and my nan. So I was brought up in a house full of women. And they would, that generation of women from my mum's class would never have gone to a football match any more than they would have gone into a pub on their own. You just did not do it and this is in the 70s as well and I started going in, in the late 70s and oddly enough, even though I went to school in Muswell Hill uh, my best mates were a Leeds fan and a Stoke City fan as well so I started going on my own and I met a bunch of kids ...that kind of lived fairly near me... ...because we got this, we got a 3 bus from Alexandra Palace... ...up to the, up to the ground yeah. together... Yeah. ...and that was the days when you, you could walk around the ground... ...and so you went in there... ...and the first one I went in was the schoolboy's enclosure... In, ...in the front of the West Stand... ...and you look over at the shelf... ...and you think that's where the action right is... ...but I was 14 and I'm like... ...they look, you know, these, these are kind of big fellas up here as well... ...and then you gradually kind of go over to the East Stand... ...and you work your way in... ...and you learn the songs and you learn what to do... ...and you pick up more mates and everything... And that's basically carried on. And even now, I've got a group of mates that I've sat with for uh, the best part of the last 15, 20 years as well. We've been travelling all over Europe and everything like that. But I've forged some brilliant friendships in that ground and I learned to grow up. And it's the whole thing we were saying on the way in about one of the things that's been lost now, and I don't know how we get that back, I don't know how we get it back in a new stadium, is that for a generation of football fans who were still there because the crowds get older, yes. we, it was the first time we were in an adult environment as kids and having to learn... How to deal with that, and people didn't talk about you know pedophiles or danger or this, that, like, and the other. day. And, you know, the adult, you know, kids in an adult environment. Everyone's kind of probably throwing up their hands at listening to that now. But we went in there and we learnt, Coming we learned how age. to behave, and we learnt how to socialise Coming with people, and we learnt how age. to survive. Yeah, yeah,
4: absolutely right. Absolutely queuing up for hours. Outside the, the boys' entrance to, yeah. to get to work your way and worming your way into the shelf, not knowing where you, whether you yeah. were going to get out mm. alive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, literally on occasion yeah. you'd just be. But you kind of didn't around think the about there. that because no. you
3: got you got crushed and you got badly treated and you got soaked with beer and then yeah. somebody you know the Percy Dalton's peanut sellers were coming through and you yeah. know cause I think there's something in the film, isn't there? Yeah. Somebody says that that that, that was the, thing that, that, the guy that, that used to come through the shelf. The crowd with the Percy Dalton's peanuts. He had a big sack of them and people used to go for us. You know how much are they? Fifty pence or whatever it was he'd find yeah. a bag of peanuts and they'd throwing the money back yeah that's right, right. no yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, that yeah. one's going to do that yeah, now yeah. as well but yeah. it was just there was that we're all in it together sort of thing yeah. but I think they meant it differently to what the other bloke did when he said it
4: that's a really good point that about how it actually made you grow up it turned you into a man you'd, you'd You make the decision, maybe 13, 14 years old, and you say, that's it now, I'm not going to go with Dad anymore, I'm not going to go with my older brother, I'm going to go with Mm. my mates.
3: But also, before people jump in, I can remember in the late 70s and early 80s, there were loads of groups of girls that went on their own as well, and a lot of people I know now, it was like girls sort of 14, 15, 16 years old, they started going on their own. So there's this kind of myth, you know, you look at a lot of places in the country, then, you know, it was kind of men in flat caps or whatever traditionally, and it was was like that with somebody else still at Spurs, but... I don't know how different it was, but actually there's this myth that it's only recently that women have started going to football on their own. There was a, a big thing. Yeah, absolutely. That oh, cool. I mean,
2: for me, I, I always get quite annoyed when um, people say that it's just a game. <laughs> and technically it is. It's 11 men versus 11 men on the football yeah. pitch playing a game that was devised many, many, many years ago. Yeah. But <clears throat> it's, more, it's actually defined everything. It's defined my entire life from childhood to where I am now. Um, you know, when I was a kid, I learned about adult relationships. I learned about how to behave in a football pub, uh, in, 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 a pub, how to avoid certain situations. If there's certain groups acting in a certain way, do I want to be a part of that and get involved in that? Or do I stand back? You know, I, I learned about relationships that my dad had with his friends. Um, I formed a, a stronger bond with my family, you know, my, my, my brother and my, uh, my, my five brothers and my dad's relationship is all defined around football. Mm. I mean, we love each other, but ultimately our conversations resolve around, uh, revolve around football. You know, I, I, uh, all of my happiest, greatest memories are in White Hart Lane. The feeling mm. I get, the feeling I had when, when Spurs beat Arsenal 5-1 has never been replicated yeah. by anything else I've done in my life. And I've done a lot of stuff like... Stuff that is supposed to make you feel good and mm-hmm. has made me feel good. I've talked about it on the podcast many no. times. That's no, it's no big thing. You know, drugs, mm. women, whatever it is, mm. nothing has come close to that, mm. that feeling. And, mm. and as a side, you know, I went on holiday uh, with a group of people that, uh, that, that are associated with Tottenham and met my current girlfriend there if Tottenham didn't exist I wouldn't uh, uh, be in this very happy yeah. relationship <laughs> so you know it's much more than that and White Art Lane is the central focus to all of those things um, and, and, and kind of I think that's why it's so important that's why this film was made and, and and why it was so important to me to ultimately make sure that it was done and working late nights and coming in after after work and doing mm-hmm. what we did to get it done because it's relevant it's proper and, it, and, and it's important that proper homage it's been paid to.
4: Someone was saying, I'm not going to say who, but you can probably um, imagine saying, oh, well, you probably won't make any money out of it. I can say,
2: yeah, I know. You were talking about that prick Carry Osberg. Yeah, we can say. But it's like, who cares?
4: (laughs) Actually, if we if we manage to raise some money for the charity, that's How much did
2: we raise so far? Approximately so far, how many? A couple of thousand. Okay, so we've made, that's significant. You know, the fact that, you know, just to, to... draw a line under that. Harry, Harry Ottsburgh is a poisonous individual and uh, uh, and he's bound to say things like that. But the fact is, a couple of thousand pounds has been raised for charity so far. It's going to be great things for local people,
3: uh, local young people in, in, in uh, North London. Well, that aside, also The film's it's there. there. It's, it's, there. It's, it's now there. And, you know, it, who, who knows, you know, if, what, what, but it's it's not going to get unmade, is it? Yeah, it's, 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 no, brilliant. No. it's brilliant. Yeah, it's incredible. Um,
2: so how do, you, how do you feel about the move into the new stadium currently? Where does that that leave you?
3: Um, I, I think it's going to be really hard. And I think, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm, the, I'm co-chair of the, the Supporters Trust now. So obviously we're kind of, you know, we, we're talking to the club. We're lucky that we've got a decent relationship with, with, with our club board, which has, has taken a lot of fighting for. It, it could still be a lot better, mm. um, but it's there. So we're, we're, we're having conversations. I I genuinely believe that the club want it to be, a really good stadium with a really good fan experience of course there's a commercial side to it as well so I kind of see both sides of it that you know I, I I think most of us know why we need to move to a bigger stadium and we need to move to a bigger stadium I think first because a lot of fans who want to go and see my team play can't go and see him and then second for me, we need that income in order to, unfortunately, that's the way modern football is to compete the at a top level, if you like. And maybe the club has got it the other way around and maybe that's the way they should do because they're the people who run a football club. So that, that's that thing. So we know we need to do it. I think it's going to be really hard when it actually comes to it, when it comes to that last game, when it comes to the last few games. And even though it's just a move... You know, from you know, it's a few hundred yards. It's the stadium is going to look different. So even though it's really changed, and you were saying this a while ago, mm-hmm. you know, the, the stadium that I only really remember when I started going is the Archibald Leach Stadium and the gables and yeah. everything. And that's really changed around a lot. It's going to be a completely different thing. And I think the biggest challenge that we've got is kind of two rolled into one. We've got to make the atmosphere at the new stadium as good as this one. And I think. From what I know, some of the stuff I do in my day job is, is, is kind of writing about sports businesses and populace. The architects are being asked. They are the leading stadium architects in the world. They're being asked by, particularly a lot of the American sports, can you build us a stadium that creates the kind of atmosphere they have at the English football grounds as well? Uh, and they've been asked to do that, stands close into the pitch and all the rest of it, not do the kind of soulless bowl and make the mistakes that a lot of the English teams that have kind of rebuilt their stadiums uh, have made. Um, so it, it, it's going to be different... And I think we've got a challenge to make the atmosphere as good as it was. But I think that probably what most of us will try and do first of all is say, how can we replicate what Lane in this stadium? Yeah. And I think that would be a massive mistake. I think now is the time to create a new history. And in a way, that's something that's going to be good because you know one of the regular things we've talked about this on the podcast before, haven't you? That you know people of my age, I kind of talk to people in their late sort of teens, early twenties, they go like, bloody, oh, you know, you lot are so lucky you saw the team in '81, but I wish you stopped bloody going on about it because I want to yeah. out of mine. <laughs> and actually, this. This is a chance, isn't Absolutely. it, for you know not just what goes on on a pitch, but it's to create something which is ours, which is new, and I think that's what will make that stadium special, and um, that that will follow the tradition of what the old White Hart Lane was about.
4: I'm old enough to remember when we got relegated. Yeah, um, I can second that, division, right? And uh, Spurs played Bolton Wanderers at home. Fifty-one thousand. That was my first game. First game, Don McAllister Don't Don McAllister, McAllister, Yeah, they won one 0 didn't they? Yeah. Spurs won one nil. Um, it was the biggest crowd of the day, second division yeah. game. Yeah. No, no bigger crowd in the first division. In those days, Spurs would, I mean, if Man U were playing away, Spurs would often be the biggest yeah. crowd of the, the day. That obviously doesn't happen anymore. So the fact that we're actually going to have 61,000 capacity stadium, second largest uh, capacity uh, in the country, that's a pretty amazing yeah. thing. I'm looking forward to that. I'm not looking forward to all the crowds turning up, and it's bad enough at the moment trying to get to the ground. But um,
2: well, yeah, that's gonna be an issue. But I don't know. It's all you—you kind of resolve, you you find ways around it. You know, you get there earlier, or you just put up with the crowds. You know, uh, when we went to Dortmund away, a nightmare getting to that stadium, and that's eighty-one thousand. You Mm. get there in the end, but the trains Mm. were ramped. Did you get get there by train, Mike? Yeah, we got metro there. Yeah, it was ridiculous how busy it was, wasn't it? I, I was surprised
3: the training topple over there's that many people but you get there in the end um but well, that's partly why they're going to you know the whole thing about the match day experience change you know there is going to be like a big kind of fan park and concourse out there they are going to try and encourage people to go in the ground and eat at the places yeah. as well you know and uh, so uh, and and a lot of people will just see that as you know that uh, familiar experience is you go at the pub with your mates and then you go in the ground you know sort of c- quite close to kickoff as, as close to, as possible yeah and that but that, that so all of that stuff is going to be different you know But then, you know, they're looking at things like, you know, this 17000 seat uh, home end uh, as well, you know, that they, I I think, from sitting and talking to the club and from working with some of the people at the club, and, you know, I'm not trying to pretend that we are anywhere near on the inside track, but what I do see from the conversations that we have with them is that, that they are genuinely they want that stadium to be something special, and they want it, of, of course it's a business for them, but they want it to be something that they the fans enjoy and can be proud of. can
4: Because it makes commercial that, sense. Of course it does, and they can't make the same mistakes as the Gooners have made, in um, the, I mean, yeah. with their stadium and some yeah. of the non Well,
3: that, that's, that's looked at by the whole of football now, is they, the mistakes that they made with that, and you know, the pricing, you know, for example, as well, that's, that's an issue. And, you know, can but the lack of the atmosphere all, all isn't all
4: just because their fans are a bunch of
3: arseholes. No, 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 no yeah, yeah, yeah. just to do with the way yeah. that I, I almost going. feel sorry for some of their fans who are who are kind of of proper way. fans who are, you know sort of want to make a bit of noise and want to the do. The proper ones, the ones don't know anymore, yeah, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> a fair bit of that.
2: There's uh, there's a book written called um, oh, I can't remember what it's called, and I can't remember the guy's name, but he, he's an Arsenal fan. and he, he wrote A Fear of Silence. It's called hmm. Brazil, something Brazil thing. He 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 wrote an, uh, a book about the, the dying atmosphere at. Uh, 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 English football top tier football t- stadiums and the um, stadium. and he, he said that there there is a massive problem in the game but there's a massive problem at Arsenal and when they moved from Highbury to to, to the new stadium he, he, he decided not to go mm. because he saw what the club were doing he saw the mistakes that were being made and uh, he decided I wasn't going to be a part of it anymore and mm. it's a cry and shame mm. that you have to turn your back on, on, on yeah, your own yeah, football yeah. club but you know he's a gooner, so he probably doesn't really get it. But yeah. <laughs> they made
4: the mistake when they fucked off from Woolwich. They should have stayed there. Then they would have been happy. That's true. Fuck them and eat them. That's right. Um, so, Further comment on that, mate? <laughs> <laughs> uh, are, you, are you worried about us filling the new stadium?
2: No, really. Because um, uh, it's all down to pricing. It's got to be.
3: I think. I think. I think a lot of it's down to pricing, and I'm not. It sounds a bit. I'm not being complacent about it, but I think the demand is there. Uh, from fans, but absolutely, I think it's down to pricing. But I think that the game has started to realise that now. You know, the reason that the £30 price cap came in last season for the away games wasn't because they decided they wanted to be nice to us, it's because they had a bit of a marketing problem. It was a bit of a, it was a, bit of a PR hit. And the Premier League said we need to do something about this as well. But there was also the thing about the atmosphere. So I think they do get it. And I mean, you know, we've we've been in their face as an organisation for the past three years since the, the trust. trust was relaunched about pricing, 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 pricing. And they've seen how like the twenty pound cup prices have, have worked out. So they know they've got to do that. You know, one of the problems that we've got, we've just done. We do an end of season survey with the trust every year try and kind of you know, gauge a bit of opinion and let it inform our work. And we've always argued that for the new stadium, there should be a stretch pricing policy. So you put the top prices up as high as you possibly can, right, really kind of go for that in order effectively to subsidise the prices at the bottom to get people in as cheaply as possible. And everyone said, yeah, we're in favour of that. So we then said, well... Would you accept a slightly higher proportion of top price tickets in the ground? No, we don't want that at all. <laughs> mm. So there's a bit of an issue there, isn't there, as well? Because it's kind of like we want to sort of have our cake and eat it a little bit at the same time. Yeah, um, I, but I, I think that I think the demand is down. I think I think it's not just about pricing. I think it's about things like can they be imaginative? Can they do something like you know can they make it easier for you know families to take their kids? You know, season ticket holders to take their kids who aren't season ticket holders. Can they make it easier for? the walk-up fans and in some respects what they want to do is keep the proportion of season ticket holders up but what a lot of football clubs do and interestingly West Ham haven't done this with their free stadium that they've been given as well they've filled their stadium with season ticket holders well that's fine as long as all the season ticket holders want to renew. But if you don't have a certain level of... And you don't really get walk-up support anymore at like Premier League level. What we used to call walk-up on the day support. But that casual support. How are you kind of going to keep the generations coming in? How are you going to kind of grow the market This is as well?
4: the key. It's the, how do you get the youngsters coming and coming regularly and have that passion? The, the, the passion that was instilled in us naturally. Okay, you, you would have been introduced to it by your by your father. Okay? By your uncles, by your older brother, whatever. But then you'd, you'd grab it and then you'd keep going and you'd, you'd go with your mm. friends and, and, and you'd keep it going. That is the issue now, is how you actually con- convince the youngsters. And I know because I work. I don't like think it. you have to convince them. There's
2: tons and tons of young, 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 young people who want to go, go to football.
3: I was never convinced by anything more than I wanted to. I knew I was interested in football. My family wasn't. It's I was interested and it was a local team, so I went along. It's giving hooked. them
4: access by price. But that's yeah. the problem. Local youngsters who are the lifeblood, the, the, you know. the continuing, mm. they're not they're not Mm. able to go, a lot of them. Mm. A lot of them just cannot afford it and they kind of lose that connection and that's what we've got to... That's what the club needs to work really hard on to
3: reconnect. It's true, but I was at a support conference at the weekend and I got picked up by somebody who who actually works for Millwall, which is the club nearest to, to where I live at the moment. And he said that, you know, there's a bit... He said, you want to be careful about the assumptions that you make about the community because he said, yeah, Tottenham has got some of the poorest areas, some of the poorest wards in Britain, but he said there's also plenty of people around Tottenham that can afford a ticket for a football match, wherever they choose to spend their money on that as well. And sometimes there's a little bit of a patronising attitude. It's like, you know, look at all these kind of poor people, you know. No, no, no. And and so... It's, there, not a different poor, thing it's
4: not necessarily about poverty. It's about how, how do you convince them that the club actually yeah. belongs to them yeah. or is mm. part of them. And, and well, eventually. for me,
3: you go back to it, and, and you know, let's be honest about it. That you know, success helps. So we'll over go at glory hunters, but you know, and I hope that I would have been as dedicated uh, as I am now if I hadn't been at the 1981 Cup final as a 16 year old. But I was, and I mean, that was the thing that really, you know, I knew yeah. that my team was special. But after that. You know, and I was also at Highbury for the replay. You know, when we did Wolves over three one, and you know that was that was brilliant as well. So when you see things like that, but some of it is a bit—it's down to luck, isn't it? If at the right age, if at an impressionable age, you see your team being really good then it's going to mean something special. And I even I drifted away for a few years, and again, you could do that in those days and come back, and I kind of got into music and girls and whatever, but I still came back to football afterwards. Part of the problem now is if you drop out, you can't get back in. And I think some of it is trying to get that more what casual Martin support saying
4: is that we've got to win the league as soon as we... To, <laughs> which is a good point, I think. <laughs> I've would, would really fought that since that about would
3: 1982, yeah, that would actually. You <laughs> know, <so. laughs> well, I've <laughs>
2: not got over it yet. Yeah, I think what's great about Tottenham support and uh, you know uh, and what makes what LA still a passionate place to, to, to go to and watch football is that a lot of our fans certainly ones my age we experienced zero success absolutely none I started going my first game was 1985 when I was four with my mm. old man don't remember the great you know the short but great you know 80, yeah. Yeah. 87, 87 yeah well, 80, we
3: really won everything in 87 and we ended up winning nothing
2: yeah which is pretty much Spurs in a yeah. yeah. nutshell but I, I didn't experience any, any of that but what I found through the stories that my old man used to tell me about 81 and, and, and about uh, you know his first game being in the 61 double winning season and then hearing stories from my brother about aggro outside oh. and don't get me wrong I'm not a fighter at all but all of that is a part really? of the romance yeah. of going um, so there, there's a lot more to it than success but it does help it does help to have that that one season like this mm. season we would have gained so many fans mm. And actually, just to cut myself off there, the, the, the success now actually breeds fans globally rather than mm. yeah. the, the locally, which is...
4: But local pride, certainly certainly, young people who come from the area and the, and the immediate environs can feel a real sense of pride that the rest of the world is taking an interest in my area. Oh, yeah. So that's a good thing.
2: Absolutely. How
3: do you feel about the naming rights of the, the new stadium? Um, you know, it's going to be called, you know, like the Nike Stadium or the the whatever the Budweiser Stadium or something, isn't it? You know, it's inevitable, and you know, it's we're, we're the only club that is completely paying for the stadium out of our own pocket. It's the biggest stadium building project ever undertaken, as well. So they're going to, they're going to have to do that. I think again, there will be a battle because I think a lot of us will go well. I'm still calling it White Art Lane. Yeah. And that's it. And I think, in a way, we need to kind of have those battles to stop it being a completely kind of showing corporate why would that plastic be a stadium. We just it but doesn't involve if, anybody look, else. If i paid it. you if i paid you ten million pound a year to rename the Fighting Cock, the Martin Clay podcast, and you keep calling it Fighting Cock, I'm gonna to want to have a word with you. Appreciate you appreciate I appreciate that. I
2: appreciate that completely. And as a trust yeah. you probably And that's be not able...
3: an offer, by the way. <laughs> it's not legally binding.
2: <laughs> as, as a trust you're probably gonna be in that situation, but the Fighting Cock won't. <clears throat> I'll no. I will personally never ever refer to the new stadium by a brand ever. I, f- I think it the,
3: will always... I don't think the trust will you know, again, you know, we haven't discussed it. I don't even think it'll be a policy. I don't think the Trust would have any problem with saying we still think it's White Hart Lane. It is with a compromise. I don't
4: think there is a... Mm-hmm. All right.
3: It, it would called on, on the TV it, it and in the, suggest- in the press see, and whatever. But,
4: you know. Here's a suggestion for you. We're all attached to White Hart Lane. We're all attached to the lane. I mean, we, we sing the lane, don't we? Um, how about if Nike or Coca-Cola or whichever brand decides to pay the club loads of money, why can't they just call it the, co- the Coca-Cola Lane? the Nike
3: Lane, I, I think there's some imaginative uh angles that they could have. I still think that a lot of people will go, Cough, it's white Hart lane. You yeah, know? I'm, not, I'm not having the Nike Lane up because again, it, you know, it might be that like for five years or ten years or something like that. But actually, most of us don't want our ground to be called you know, Emirates Airlines ground or you know, the, the, this stadium, and, or it, and, the the,
2: and this is the other the thing, JD Sports Bowl. You know, Arsenal fans never held on to Ashburton Grove because that's, that's ultimately yeah. what their stadium is yeah. called in terms of geographical <coughs> naming, right? But, but but they, they didn't They just they, they, they just bend over And take Emirates Look, this is
4: a club That dropped their very name From the beginning I know yeah, This yeah. is what I'm talking it's about And this to... is
2: why it, it might not happen with Spurs Because we're a different yeah. breed It will happen And slowly be phased out As <clears> the generations get <throat> older And the new fans Will just accept what media says, but for the moment, for the next 10 years... I, I think
3: that's up to us. I think we've held on to a lot of the traditions and the culture of, of, of a Tottenham crowd much more than anybody else. I mean, it's interesting because, you know, Tottenham and Arsenal you know, we, we, is pretty much the same areas of London. I know that, you know, the, there's kind of massive disparity in the, the wealth in, you know, in, in Islington and in Haringey, if you go across even the different well, sides of each borough, itself, yeah, as well. But you know, the, 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 the view is that Arsenal is a much more kind of like, you know, let's use the label, a much more middle-class club, I suppose it's more of a working-class crowd. And I still look at it like that, and I Absolutely. think it is. I think it's an attitude thing. But actually, the amount of money that people earn and whatever, it's, we're probably we're still not that different. Mm. You know, and that's why the is there. We went to the same schools and we live on the same streets, and you know, we, we have a crack at each other, don't we, as well? So, but I think that we've held on to uh, a bit more of our identity like that. And it's possibly what you were saying about some of the old kind of Arsenal lot that aren't going anymore that they said actually it's not something that we identify with anymore, as well. And I, th- I think we absolutely will hold on to that, but it's, it's a challenge for us, isn't it, as well?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll just quick shout out to Rich Grove, um, who, who wrote a great article about. Leaving White Hart Lane, and we published it on the Fighting Cock. He's producing a book about the White Hart Lane of old, and he's looking for stories to be included in this book. So if you have any of those, um, tweet him at Rich Grove. It's R I T C H G R O V E to get involved. Just send him your stories, and they could well appear in in his book. That's a good thing.
4: It's more sounds great. Yeah, absolutely. Job,
2: we've got a couple of questions um, from people on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, Chris Leaks, he says, What's the one
3: thing you won't miss from YR from Lane? Catering. Yeah, it's horrendous. Especially in the South Stand Upper.
4: <laughs> I'm hoping they'll drop Star Wars, if I'm honest. I'm hoping. Which Jewel of Fates.
3: Fates a Jewel of Fates, I'm hoping, yeah. 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 yeah You're a bit more won't. of a close encounters man, yeah.
4: Yeah, I, w- <laughs> I, won't, I won't miss that. What, um, why? I don't know I never really understood it has anyone ever actually come to the it, bottom of it was a
3: wife? part of the rebranding oh, I right. think I think I'll, they say the kids like it which is always okay. the excuse when they're not quite sure
1: they've <laughs> done think I, uh, children,
2: uh,
3: children like it I, I, I never used to think anything of it until
2: you brought it up right. and, and, and 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 then I obviously completely changed my mind because God bless you what was what right. <laughs> you've had a massive influence on that <laughs> I <haven't laughs> looked, two <laughs> pairs up. Yeah. I thought it was weird calling you Zock as well the it's It's fucking Star Wars. It's nothing to do with football for a start, Um, and it's certainly nothing to do with Tottenham. And and what's wrong with Chaz and Dave? Just or or, or, I could live
4: with Chaz and Dave. More than 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 the Star Wars stuff. What
3: should it be? Then? That would that, be the argument, because you know I'll go with and band, oh, Matt Mara's band or you know, oh, Matt Damon. Of course, Matt band. It. Yeah, no, but loads you know, of people don't. Like, what what is that song? You know, it's like, well it's they'll all, know if it. They played every yeah. single. Yeah. Yeah. They play it half time. I so, think so. just yeah. let us sing before the, before when the teams come out. Just let us sing. Play play some music up to about ten minutes before, and then let the crowd build it up. You know, yeah.
2: That would be, That'd be incredible. That would be could fantastic. And I, I don't re- see
3: how you'd lose any money. We don't make any money by playing music. You probably know.
2: have to pay for the license. Well, life. I think
3: there's some kind of contractual obligation, like the Champions League tune. You have to play the Champions yeah, League tune fast. or something. You know, yeah, yeah. Probably at a certain level of decibels or but something. It's, it's,
2: it's, sorry, sorry. So we're, we're, if if the club, and they do engage with, with the trust, and, and so they should, and I can understand why that, that line of communication exists, because you can't talk to everybody, so there needs to be one body that represents the fans as the best they can.
3: But if they talk to groups, other things, and come up with ideas of just silence, yeah, seriously. Well, that, but that's that's what we're saying. And again, one of the discussions we've had with them is about you know how how do we say goodbye to White Hart Lane, and how do we how do we you know sort of create an atmosphere in a new stadium? And I think that you know everyone, every single person out there is going to have an idea. A bit like we've all got an idea about how probably Ericson should be played slightly deeper, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, in sure. a <laughs> or you know, like this sort of thing. So they're going to say we want to hang on to it. But again, you know. Believe me or not, this is just, just my impression. I think they are willing to talk to people. They know it will be better if they take ideas on. They want to keep control themselves of the of whole course, thing. Yeah. But, and it isn't just a trust. I mean, we've always said to them on things like Atmosphere, talk to 1882, talk to Reclaim the Lane, talk to Tottenham AMF, talk to a lot of the people that are out there that are organising as well. I think they'll do that for the new stadium, and I think they will try and tap into people's ideas for this time around. And I think a lot of the time we expect... For lots of good reasons, football clubs to be really unresponsive and cold, but actually they're not monsters and they are fairly good. And actually quite a few of them are proper Tottenham fans as well. I've been surprised right through the staffing level. They really get this club yeah. and they care what, about it as what much they as we do. What
4: they need to do is... Um re-record glory glory hallelujah because they don't there's not enough of that being sung in the stadium mm. and i love it mm. when it comes on it i get i get goosebumps when but again hear the is, is
3: this like this is this is about this is the 60s this is the glory days this is whatever this All is the past isn't it and back. we need a present and we need a future don't we well, and a, we are it. a club that's defined by our past probably more than a lot of other clubs and that, I, that's great and i've read a lot of books about it and i've spent a lot of time talking about it and i love it but you can see that there's potentially a criticism there, can't you? We need a, we need a present. That, that's what was great about last season. That was ours. All of us that were there, that was our season last season. Yeah. It was brilliant.
4: That's like saying let's not have God save the Queen as the national anthem, which I agree with, by the yeah, well, way. Well, I probably would, but that's another yeah. thing. <laughs> but it's that of I'm thing. a I mean, Jerusalem man myself, sort of but, you know. Thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But there are certain things, there are certain traditions that... OK, you need to bring them up today, make them, make them relevant. Of course, yeah. But you don't want to lose them.
3: I'm not saying get rid of them. I'm just saying it, it, it's about that balance. And I think it's back to the question that came up earlier. How are we going to create an atmosphere in a new state? And how do we make it ours? I don't think we just do it. And we've got to get that balance right. Where do we take the best of what's been there? And about how do we create our own you know, things well? when as I
4: was well? a younger man working for an ad agency, and we actually had a, a, a presentation we gave to Spurs about um, changing some of their um, uh, the way they presented themselves and we got some musicians to actually um, do a, a rock version of Glory Glory Hallelujah oh, that and we goes. took it we took it to the ground massive speakers and played it and it was heard all over the corridors and Sugar <laughs> said after because that was Sugar at the time saying oh what are you doing because we were speaking to the marketing manager and said what are you doing sell flipping boxes that's what your job is to sell boxes not to come up with new ideas <laughs> for, for music so I think I mean that that, that's
2: changed. it's probably uh, yeah I mean at that level you get a lot of people who, who think they know best but it's it's encouraging that as you, if that's true what you say, mine that, that that they are ready to listen to to fans and and, and, and adapt and and be be reactive. I think I mean, they've done it a bit with
3: you guys, haven't they as well? You know I mean it's been a bit of a rocky relationship, but I think we're all I mean, surprised actually, weren't we? By
2: they and large, right? by and large, the, the, they've been good. Yeah. You know, it started at the beginning quite quite difficult. Yeah, yeah. Almost like it mm. stopped before it even mm. started at the very beginning. But we have a good relationship with mm. Jonathan Waite. We've had conversations with Donna Yates and she's mm-hmm. representative at board level. Cullen. Mm-hmm. Donna Cullen, sorry. Mm. Unless um, it's a, a new Donna board. Yates.
3: Yeah. Donna Yates, yeah. Is I have this no that,
2: idea yeah. who she is. Freudian mate. Ford, a, yeah. a, a past benefit. Do you think
4: Poch, Pochettino's had an uh, influence in that, in the way he kind of, his philosophy and he wants to bring everybody together. Do you think that's helped? What
3: you, you answer that, Mike. Uh, I... I, I don't have a huge amount of insight into that as well. The impression I get as an outsider is that Prochettino said, I'll do the football stuff and you do the other stuff. And I think that's probably changed. I I think we organised the structure of the club a couple of years ago. And I think it's noticeable that there's a bit of a step back and the football side are allowed to get on with what they want to do. If you appoint someone to do a job, you let them get on with the job. But you see when there's unity amongst the fans.
2: I mean, there's always going to be splits, but the unity Mm -hmm. amongst the fans last year was... Yeah, it was palpable, yeah, and um, mm. and that stems from the pitch. Mm. It all stems. Depends from how long it. the
3: beer phone carries on for, because that's going to kick off. I tell you, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there,
2: there are issues, but obviously uh, between you know younger yeah. and uh, and more refined fans. Yeah. But another uh, way you looks at me just then, but, yeah.
3: refined. <laughs> uh, you're refined. Uh,
2: the, you're younger the, your listeners. Oh, uh, this right, right, radio. <laughs> uh, they, uh, you know. The, the, you know, there's, there's always going to be issues but it all comes from the pitch ultimately yeah, yeah. and course, ha- how yeah. you feel about your club is mm. about how well mm. they're playing mm. or not even how well they're playing if they're showing fight and effort mm. you know players from lower leagues or, or teams from low, fans from lower league clubs they feel as passionately about yeah. their club and as long as they're seeing their, their team fight yeah. and, and, and show passion on the pitch then that's pretty much enough what we had in last season was a combination mm. of success and real mm. grit fight yeah Passion. And yeah. one thing we've missed for a long time is spite.
4: And also the way yeah. Pochettino presents himself, the way, I mean, mm. obviously English isn't yeah. his first language, but he's a very articulate, very astute, he knows what he's saying, he knows what buttons to press in terms of getting the fans on board. I
3: think there's mm. more to him. In terms of he doesn't make excuses either, does no, he? He doesn't kind of look no. for bits and pieces He's as well. But you know, we you know we, we've had we've had times when we've not been very good, you know. And I think that, you know that's one of the things that I'm most proud of. Is that, I mean, you mentioned the season we went down. I mean, I started going in that season. My, my my mum wouldn't let me go to football because White Hart Lane was a really really it was one of the most violent grounds in the country. You know, I remember there's a picture of a bloke with a dart in his eye, you know, on the shelf, and the, yeah. you know, big fight that was going on and everything. And you know, she, you're not going there. I got to be old enough and I was going to go along to a game. But part of it was like Tottenham had gone down. We've all got to get behind them. We've got to get our yeah. team back up as well. And I think a lot of people in my generation went with that. And as you say, over the years, it's been pretty barren. But it, it, it only hit real rock bottom. It was, it was that game against Stoke, you know, when you know, allegedly the tannery was turned up or whatever. But And there was, I think Adam mentions it in the film, doesn't he, that he says that there was uh, five consecutive tackles that we bottled out of in midfield, and we were just completely overrun. And he just thought, uh, you know, I can even deal with being not very good. But no passion, no commitment, not giving a shit about the team. That's what I don't like, and that was rock bottom. After all the years of us being so-so, bit up, you know, vaguely encouraging. So in a way, last year coming so soon after that, and you know, a good, you know, we had the Champions League season and the season before last year. There was, there was it's been encouraging for a lot of the last five years. Isn't Eric Dyer at, at the complete embodiment of the new oh, time? Yeah. But Eric Dyer just. Uh, <laughs> He's just somehow <clears throat> out of nowhere, just becomes. He p- comes from Lisbon, and he comes from <laughs> We have not ever die. That's nice. I've yeah. heard that one. Uh,
2: yes, yeah, it's, it's just yeah, he's fantastic. I
3: love him so much. Um, he's probably my favourite player. I'm heard that out. There. I know somebody will be very delighted at you saying that. So. Uh, his mum. Yeah. Well, obviously his mum. Yes, uh,
2: so, yeah. uh, so Dan Dearden asks: um, Should our last game at White Hart Lane be against Man United? Or should it be a kind of fan behind closed door testimonial event to avoid the Sky Media fuckfest? Proper football match. It should be a
3: proper competitive football match.
2: All right. something. Let me adjust the question then. Should we just ban Sky from the, from from the uh, the game? <laughs> 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 so Where's the
3: money coming from? <laughs> yeah. I don't care. This oh, is yeah. for us. But <laughs> what what I, would,
2: I think what he's alluding to is yeah. the, the the horror show uh, of the West Ham's final game. What? What a
3: mess! Well, we 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 one, we're not we're not as stupid and incompetent as West Ham, so we'll organise it much better. Did you better see their kit launch? Or, you know, no, you no didn't. No, oh my god! It's it's funny. Been absolutely panned on Twitter. Fantastic! It, yeah. it was
2: horrendous. Um, but I I I I would rather it I would rather it be a media blackout, and those who know or those who have been and, and have existed and, and enjoyed that
3: stadium will enjoy it. There might be screens outside or whatever it is. Uh, the, thing, the thing that worries me about it being Man United is it will be billed as Man United's last game at White Hart Lane and not the last game at White Hart <laughs> <White laughs> Lane. You know, that's what Sky will do. Which I'll get the right arm for that. You could
4: put memory lane on the jumbotron afterwards and watch it. Watch the you could do that. You could definitely do
2: that. I think I'd be up for that. It'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, do you know what I think would be a good idea? Is uh, final whistle goes, few maybe a minute passes and they turn the lights off for everybody, and then everyone's left in. Oh, it's a bit of health and safety issue we whatever. Uh, uh, and then they just go up this rendition of Owen the Spurs and Gl- glory, glory, hallelujah, and, and we sing
3: in the dark. I think there's something to be said for letting... I mean, you, you go back to that, you know, which was... I mean, it's comedy gold, the, the closing ceremony at the, at the last West Ham game, and, like, you know, the Cotney rejects on stage and just, like... it Just, you know, Sammy the Snake coming out. It was like that episode of Phoenix Nights, wasn't it? It's yeah. Like, it was just, <laughs> like, unbelievable as well. But there's something to be said for just leaving it to the fans for a few minutes, even just for a few minutes. Yeah. Just let us have our stadium... For that few minutes to say goodbye, yeah. Could it they would let be incredible. On, That'd be great. Onto
4: the onto the grass so they can take the turf.
3: Probably.
2: I mean, That'd I'm sure a, people no. would get on anyway. But I love that idea. I love mm. that idea of just for a, mm. for five minutes to let mm. to, to remove all of the things about modern football that ultimately are damaging that affect that affect the the match day going experience. And just yeah. just for five minutes, <clears> just <throat> give it to the fans. Turn mm. the lights off or turn mm. the music mm. down. The team go off. And the Spurs fans in that stadium who are lucky enough to get a ticket to that game will um, will will sing a rendition of yeah. whatever they want to sing.
4: Well,
3: you, you heard it here first. Yeah. Campaign what, what launches.
4: About all the old it? players, all the players that are still alive, maybe? And then you bring them on, bring them on, bring them on, yeah, around. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, it, would be, it would be. I mean, there's amazing things we can done that we can do, and and we can get it so wrong so easily. Mm. So again, mm. sort of consultation with the fans might be helpful, and I'm sure they will.
3: I'm sure they'll talk to us. I hope But the other thing is That don't necessarily You know That that you, you, you can You know Even even if you put something On the Twitter feed Or you know Send something And then obviously The trust We try and pass As much fan comment On to, to the club As possible And like, you know In the survey We do You know There's kind of Questions where instead of it being like yes or no or highly satisfying it's like well what do you think about this all of those comments literally every single one of those comments gets passed on and they do read them so, and they do like to know what's going on but you know you can write to the club you can send something in the Twitter feed try and use a trust or whatever uh, maybe they're not going to read it you know millions of people write they're not going to see everything but what have you got to lose send an idea in you know get in touch with them and they do they, they, they might surprise you be more prepared to listen than you think I
2: love that they might idea. not agree
3: with everything but they'll listen
2: yeah Okay, I, do, I do love that idea about the fans being left alone. Yeah. You know, remove the away fans and then. Just for yeah. And then, and then yeah. just for five minutes. Physically beat
3: them out of the stadium. Yeah, yeah. yeah Just get them out
2: yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, just for five minutes, nothing on the pitch, mm. no jumbotrons, everything mm. turned off, lights on if, if it needs to be, mm. and fans just together, you know, serenade yeah. the, the stadium and then bring the, fa- uh, bring the players back on. I think that's, that's fantastic. I think that's it's a, a, classy, I think that's a classy, classy way yeah, to do yeah, it because yeah. you're leaving it to the people yeah. that matter. You know, the fans are the most important things, despite.
4: Mm. Well, the, you know, when there's someone. And
3: it could make good TV, uh, TV as well. If you know, amazing amazing TV. someone
4: passed away and they do like a two minute applause or something like that, maybe just applause. Mm-hmm
3: it going to be Is it going to be a sad day, or is it going to be a sort of like, well, you know, let's celebrate it? You know, like you know, you're going to go to sometimes like a good French funeral, and it's, so, they yeah. say, "Don't be sad about it. Celebrate the life that I lived and the effect that I had on people." And I think I, I would like it to be like that, but I think we're all going to be a little bit sad. But yeah, it's you know, it's another one of those challenges. Isn't What's it? the expression where you, you kind of? You you're caught between two... It's a sweet, isn't it? Yeah, it's a Piss- bit of sweet. Pissed? pissed yeah,
2: pissed. <laughs> usually that's what... At yeah, that stage, isn't it? You're caught between two emotions. It will yeah. be sad. Yeah. It will yeah, be yeah, sad, yeah, yeah. What, everything we've known our club yeah. to be will be removed, yeah. and it's a new new yeah, yeah. beginning.
3: But right. this is also... It's going to be one of those occasions as well when it's like you said earlier, about you know when people say it's only a game, and, uh, and it is, but it's like, that's for us to say... Isn't it as well? So yeah. like, between ourselves, you know, if somebody says that, somebody from like, an outsider, we can have a go. But it that some of it is sort good. of, you know, it's in a way, you know, how are we going to define it? The big problem is that most of the people that want to be there for that game ain't going to be there. And I think you know that that could cover the whole thing. There will be more people that cannot get a ticket for that last game at White Lane than than will get a ticket. I think
2: uh, what, well, one of the things we've been thinking and about is, is to arrange um, kind of parties around 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 yeah. around you know on the street I, I think there's going to be a lot of that yeah yeah i mean that's that's yeah, the way yeah. to do it yeah. um you know set up tvs yeah. well i do i do a pubs.
3: plug talk to the antwerp arms our community pub as well they're proper spurs fans in there they really know it. i'm sure they'll be planning something on the day there'll be a lot of other local kind of focal points and organizations doing that yeah
4: but letting them let the fans onto the pitch i mean there's no problem with that if they're going to be dismantling the whole place I don't just think
2: let, they'll have a choice. I think people yeah, will be on yeah, the yeah. regardless. So there'll of.
4: be plenty of space for people, mm. and then obviously open the doors after that, and then we can come in, and then mm.
2: yeah.
4: open the doors. And
2: let we'll we'll them see. We've got ready. we've got a whole season to plan. No, I think mm. we're two seasons. No, 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 yeah, this, season. this yeah, season. Yeah. Just to, did we did we talk about um, this the dismantlement of the ground and and
3: and well, how, what's happening at the moment? Yeah, because no, we, we haven't. No, just, let,
2: we're, we're going to end. We're going to end shortly, but. Uh, I'm quite sad about that. I'm, mm. I'm quite sad about that, that we're not going to be able to say goodbye to the stadium. It's, it's like, I don't know, like you're someone you love passing away, mm. but right at the end, mm. someone chops off their arm. Mm. It's like this corner of the stadium is gone. It's like, it's, it's not whole. This. Uh, uh, and uh, I understand uh, it has to be a part of the, the foundations. The, that the, are the, late the
3: reason it. that they're doing it is because that, that the northeast corner of the ground, uh, they've taken, we're going to lose 4,000 seats next season. Uh, from, from every match uh, day. Uh, at the moment, they've taken more than four thousand seats out, and they've had to take that northeast section, so the section on the on the, the edge of the park lane and the top end of the east stand, has been taken out. And they're having to sink one of the of the core support structures um, for the the new south stand, the new seventeen thousand seater home end, and also they're having to lay a lot of electrical cabling, so all the trunking and everything that goes in there, they're having to put, kind of put through there. So that's why that's come out now. So at the moment, it looks like a mess. It's not going to look like that much of a mess next season, but there's going to be a corner taken out of our ground. What, how, what, do you know what they're going to do? What are they going to fill that ground with? Is it going to be open? Um, I think that it will be... Uh, I think, from what I understand, it's going to be kind of like boarded off lower down, but you're going to be able to see they won't be replacing the roof or anything like that, so the, the bowl's going to have gone... And I'm doing lots of hand movements here on a podcast, which is not good <laughs> for anything. The bowl's going to have gone, and uh, so and, and the the bit of the roof would have gone. So you'll be able to see over the top. So it's going to be it's not going to be as bad as that season when the West End was being rebuilt, and he looks out onto the highway. But <laughs> there's going to be a bit of a gap there. How was that? How was that? That well, that season it was it was weird. It yeah, was, it was weird. Yeah. Did you Really used to it at all? Uh, no, it no. it was just odd. It was like so, <laughs> what's going on? Just yeah, so people yeah. know, we
2: the, the redevelopment of the West End involved a, a whole season where.
3: We only had three sides. That's yeah, right, so you yeah. could see yeah. out straight onto the high road. If you stood on the shelf, you could see across the pitch and onto yeah. the high road. And yeah. you could see buses going up and down, while like, you know Ricky V was going up and down as well. You know, right. it was yeah. like, how do we do that scene? It was really weird. Um, when was it? Seven, when would it have that have been? Eight, uh, that was,
4: 80, it was like 85, was it? 80? Or
3: was it a bit earlier? No, it was,
4: was before, it? wasn't it? Was it before early that. 80s? Whatever. Well, yeah. I, you can't yeah. remember yeah. what. Yeah. I can't remember it was exactly. was It was after the relegation. Yeah. Oh yeah, it no, it was, it, was, it was
3: after the cup final as well, it was, it was after, oh, right. so okay. it would have been in 83, 84, oh, something okay. like that, maybe, but no, it was, it, was, it was weird, it was really weird watching that, so mm. it's not going to be quite as bad as that, but it's going to be odd, and frankly I think, again, everybody at the club would rather uh, it hadn't happened, and I think the reason they got, we, we got the hump with them about, is that he must have known about this earlier on, and the, the, the planning stuff was so complicated, uh, and in order to make sure that we, we move in when we want to move in, they then had to move so fast. So it was a choice that, yeah, they could have said, okay, we'll wait, but then there'd have been even more delay on moving into the new stadium and all that has got issues as well. So I just think, you know, it, it, it's kind of one of those things. And I, it, I don't think it's said easily by anybody at the club because they, they knew. they knew. I'm surprised in a way that has been a bit more of a backlash, but I think people understand yeah. Um, to build this new stadium we're going to have to go through a few things and take a bit of pain.
2: no I understand I understand why it's happened and it's just sad it's just sad it that is it really
3: really sad it's really sad uh, but it is what it is, it um,
2: is. but let's not on, end on a, on a negative note um, it's, it's served as well this amazing stadium oh yeah and um, I'm, I'm very very sad I will be very sad to see it go um, it's, it's a massive pain and uh, there'll be so many of my memories that go with it but it is a new history that's going to be built, and, and, and a new, mm. new amazing experiences to be had in the new White Hart Lane. Absolutely. Absolutely, I think
3: be inspired by what was there and take it on into the future, really. But no, I mean, I don't think any of us are ever going to forget that ground. No, it should be. At all. It was, a, uh,
2: it, it, and
3: there's a great film. I believe, that you to remember that. <laughs> Absolutely. So
2: if you if you're interested in seeing this film, I mean, ultimately this whole podcast is it's been a, a kind of push towards people watching this film because it has been a, ma- a massive labor of love and and if people decide to donate it will be going to a a, a brilliant cause in the exposure charity um if you want to find it 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 can be found on our website as i've said and 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 by googling the fighting cock and memory lane it's the first uh, result on google look at our pinned tweet uh on our twitter feed and you know that's it i mean it's it's been a great thing to do. That I mean, it was very painful to, to go Thank through. Thank you. No, but you all
4: did a great... Everyone, no, you, Martin and, 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 and you, Flav, did a fantastic job, and all the others, and all the people who've donated so far. And and we've had some lovely feedback as well, so thanks to everybody. Sorry for making you cry, but what can you do?
2: That, that was a great thing, is, is yes. hearing people talk back and go, there's like a lump, lump yeah. in my throat. And if you, it's really hard to create something that, that genuinely stirs up real emotion yeah. in people and I mean,
3: when people it, it, and it, it did it sounds silly but you know my, my kids watched it and they were like oh right dad I get that you know <laughs> so it's just
1: yeah yeah.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah I mean even looking back at it over the last couple of edits you look back and you start sitting there in this room and, and the bit about Bill Nick and him, yeah. him, him yeah. passing away and you kind of you do get caught up in it and the music I mean, anyway look watch it go and, go and watch it, it's, it it's, it's a great thing and even if um, you're not interested in watching the documentary go and donate because that's that's a good thing to do as well alright the fighting cock will return in about three weeks for the new season uh, with the Euros it doesn't feel like I've done I've had a break at all but uh, such is the way with football uh, thank you everyone for downloading This has been the Fighting Good Podcast once again. Martin, thanks so much for coming, down. Thank you. Zoc. Cheers, Flav, my son. (laughs) I've been Flav. Uh, We'll
3: see you soon.